Hey, you're listening to Red Eye O. We're the tech podcast where we really care that you're thinking about a career change. Um, just wanted to add a quick note at the start of this episode. The audio is really poor. We were renovating in the Vancouver campus and you can literally hear the cars outside because we had wood boarded up, boarding up the windows uh, for a couple days but that's all behind us. Anyway, I still uploaded it because I really felt like it was a very important message and I think a lot of people are still gonna get a lot out of it. So uh, please enjoy and uh, hope it's all right. Thank you so much for uh, tuning into Red IO, the Tech Talk podcast for primarily our alumni and anyone else listening that might be thinking about coming to the school, but happy to have anyone else who doesn't fall under those two main categories. Um, my name's Chris. Uh, this is going to be, I believe, the ninth episode of uh, the Red IO podcast. I'm actually in the middle of a move uh, across the country and I had to make time for two phenomenal people um, that I, and I'm, they're making sour faces because they hate that type of phrase. Uh, so two incredibly humble people, I should say. Um, why don't you let everybody know uh, who you guys are and uh, kind of what you're all about, what you're doing, where you're from. Okay, so my name is Patricia. I work here at Red Academy. I am the um, manager of the web and app department and uh, I'm from Brazil. I have been here since January, and uh, before that, I have quite a number of years working in technology. I have a computer science degree, a master's in project management, and a few years, as I said, in the industry. So it was a pleasure for me to come join Red Academy and share this uh, experience with the, the, the students. Hi, my name is Andre. Um, I happen to be Patricia's husband. <laughs> and not coincidentally, I'm also Brazilian. And I'm not working at Red at all. Actually, I'm studying at Red. I'm f- just about to finish my full stack developer training here. Um, I do have a tech background, but not in coding. This was my first time coding and I've been here in at Red studying for the last six months and has been an awesome experience. Nice. All right, well, welcome and, uh, and thanks for being here. Obviously, uh, well, you guys obviously do have like uh, a wealth of experience um, working in a variety of roles. Uh, what I wanted to really talk about today and draw a little bit on your knowledge is about just tech and how we can create impact, right? Social good, whatever kind of your definition of impact is, uh, how can we use tech to do that? So as kind of a starting point for the discussion, uh, I'd like you guys to help me define tech. I think we throw it around a lot, I think intuitively for a lot of people living in in Vancouver or Toronto, um, it might just be, oh, apps are tech, of course. Oh yeah, the um, VR is tech, AR is tech, whatever the newest thing, but like what what does tech actually mean? What is a functional definition? Well, I'm looking right now at a uh, typewriter across the, the room, an old typewriter, I must say. And that was tech as well at this time. It was a way to expedite and, and maybe uh, do a, a better job in writing letters or documents. It was a technology facilitating that. I said that I do have a background in tech as well, but not in coding. So some might think, 
what type of tech then. Uh, tech for me was always about uh, creating uh, media. I'm a communications person. I've studied uh, music production. Since I was little uh, in my home, we had computers. And although my older brother was more into like coding databases and stuff, I was just interested in doing graphics and sounds and video. So tech for me is anything that the, uh, that science uh, allows us to create that facilitates our, our art or craft. And it's interesting that uh, the perspective you have about tech can vary a lot depending on your background, what country are you from, and uh, even your age. So uh, I believe operating a microwave is still quite a piece of tech for my 94 years old grandma. And uh, it's, uh, she told me it's challenging, so she doesn't want to have one. But it's, uh, it's cute to see that how much impact this can have in changing people's life. So for me, tech is not only computers, it's not only coding, it's everything literally that can make people's life easier. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah, I think I, I would agree, right? It's, it's not just what is at the forefront of, of what is possible. Um, by well, it is predicated definitely on, on our understanding of science, um, whether it's, you know, how electricity works or any number of things that people smarter than me would, would speak to, I think, better. Um, yeah, it's really about solving problems, right? given what we have to work with at the time. So on that note, given that it can be a little bit relative as far as the era that we're living in, um, how else do you think that tech can be a relative term, right? Like, when, what other ways do we kind of shift our perspective of tech and, you know, one group of people might have, not, might have a different opinion on what tech is than another? Yeah, right. I think in general, when we hear the term tech these days, we're referring to basically two, I would say, two underlining uh, properties there. One is digital. Um, we usually consider tech when it's digital or we usually expect to use some digital technology and also interconnected uh, mainly by the Internet. So I think these two big factors is are those that are defining tech these days. Obviously, uh, there are so much in terms of electronics, mechanics, mechatronics, uh, that are also tech-related. But these days, we think about uh, those devices connecting and sharing information for digital me. Yeah, uh, Andre and I, actually, we have the opportunity to travel and to if I can consider three months as living, uh -huh. we have lived in 20 different countries. And uh, one of the projects that we have uh, helped with was establishing studios uh, to record native languages in underserved communities, both in South America, Central America, and also Africa. So uh, it's interesting that what we here take for granted In some of the areas that we lived, the, actually people are not even aware of this. One example, we went to Argentina and we were recording in two native languages there, Toba and uh, Wichi, with uh, communities that were speaking those, those ancient languages. So one couple came to Buenos Aires to do the recording of one of these languages with us. 
and uh, especially for the wife it was the very first time that she left her community and when we were about to enter a place that has an escalator uh, she yelled and she she was panicking in front of this and I realized that she had never seen one escalator before so I pretty much hugged her and say you know you can come just do what I do you, you you're gonna be fine it's it's all right so it is important for us to have this level of understanding that uh, tech can really be a very relative concept. But again, as soon as it's something that provides some level of improvement in, in people's life, it's, it's always welcome. Right, and that's a beautiful story. And uh, you've, you've shared it before with the, the team here, maybe not specifically that, but the, the kind of the work that you guys had the opportunity to do. And, um, it sounds like you were able to create really just a tremendous impact, right? By doing what, yeah, maybe is technologically not the most advanced work by you know our standards today, but relatively to the communities that you are working with, um, really did I guess solve a, an amazing problem of of well I don't know if it was more an issue of of like preservation of the, the language or, or I don't want to make an assumption. Yes, yes. Uh, we are working with communities uh, with uh, small groups of languages and recording them, and material, audio and video material for them that uh, usually they don't have access to in their native languages. Most, um, I wouldn't say most, but a good number of them never had anything registered in their languages. Um, but it's interesting to, uh, maybe some people would assume that there is no penetration of technology in these places. It's true that they never uh, use an escalator in their community, but even in the remote locations, people have cell phones. Uh, in Africa especially, you would go to places that you go, you think, oh, there's no even electric power around. A K is away from electric power, you see, line, off the grid. And people still have and use their cell phones, especially young gener younger generations, even if it's mostly to play music and take pictures, uh, not as much as to talk over the cell uh, signal, which is pretty weak. And one would think, well, how do they charge their phones? They would walk case and case to the next uh, gas station where someone with the power generator is there with uh, all uh, charger, adapter, immanageable. Just for a few coins, you could get your, your, your uh, device charged there. So they, they still appreciate and, and see value in technology. <coughs> I was going to make a comment, like, who uses their phone to make calls anymore anyway, right? <laughs> it's just we just text each other, and if someone calls you, you almost get mad at them. So, uh, yeah, a lot of... Like, Cameras, the phones nowadays, I guess, are primarily for that. Uh, you gonna say something? No, no. I was just saying the, the reinforcing the concept that Andre says that even in this very, very poor communities, they appreciate tech. They they see the value, and they absolutely love their phones. So it, it's interesting to see how much is the impact that technology have in their lives, and how much it changes. The, the perspective the, the perspective they have about their future and how they can interact to each other so this concept about bringing tech anywhere it's something that fascinates me interesting yeah I want to draw a parallel uh, thinking about your escalator 
story, right? Um, draw a parallel with kind of pop culture and how we, we we see these stories that seem to get told again and again about some sort of and it's usually like alien in nature, but or you know something that came from the future, some sort of technology that that sh- shows up, whether it's like a monolithic thing or or exactly a UFO. Um, and there's there's a little bit of like a, an apprehension among people, right, and initially to try to just understand what they're seeing, because often you know these foreign kind of advancements in technology they come as a result of solving problems that maybe we don't even know we have yet. Um, so that said. There's also in those types of films usually uh, uh, some sort of like an ethical issue where there's kind of like the good guys and the bad guys in the movie, uh, and there's always kind of a, a, a bad way to apply the technology, right? It's normally some sort of destructive force. So when you are bringing tech into you know a community like that, and as we continue to move forward, as you know, even in like the, the more developed parts of the world, um, to advance tech, like what are the ethical implications? of that like what are things that you should be thinking about you know beforehand to avoid maybe apocalyptic or or anything (laughs) in between scenarios Uh, i would say something that i mean people are always very concerned about is technology going to rob our jobs Uh, is is this going to have like job enough for people because robots going to do everything uh well if we look back if we look to the past we we're going to realize that this has always been the case. Jobs come and jobs go. Who knows what is an apothecary? Well, it, it, it was a job. It's a word. I know it's a word. But, uh. <laughs> and so, and, and I mean, even, I mean, uh, some professions that were like uh, very common in the generation of my grandmother and my mom, Today, they are not so much, uh, you know, used anymore. But by other hand, probably uh, 10 years old today, we're going to have a job that does not even exist today. And this is not only due to tech, it's just due to, you know, civilization. As, as we progress, there's going to be always a part. So from an ethical perspective, I just think that we have to acknowledge that and uh, make a plan. So if... Some people are gonna lose their jobs, and if this will happen, either we like it or not. What can we do about it is, how can we train people to qualify for jobs that will require more knowledge, more you know preparation? So how can we be more inclusive in terms of getting more and more people involved with technology? And, and I believe this is why RED exists. We always say that our purpose here is to redefine education. And uh, honestly, this is something that drove me to accept a job here because this is what I want to do. I wanted to create opportunities to more and more people to be ready for the jobs of the future. Yeah, and I think we shouldn't necessarily uh, view tech as the evil that will... uh, change the way people think and live their lives, their culture, if you will. Like in these remote areas where we've been, we use the technology as a facilitator. Um, it's interesting how much um, people in Africa especially have a culture of passing on their knowledge, uh, their culture, their, their stories uh, orally. Because they don't have in their culture 
register of their stories. So it's passed from generation to generation just by telling stories. So we used the uh, technology to register that, to, to record that, and and be able to preserve and and distribute uh, in a in a wider wider fashion. So it didn't change the way they they think and they view life. Just gave them an instrument to do it in a more uh, uh, durable way, if you will. So it's not because we are adopting technology that we need necessarily to change completely our, our lives and, and all become uh, robots, if you will, or, or living in a society where we are dehumanized. We can use it uh, as, a, as a way to even improve our venues or uh, have more venues to express ourselves. Powerful stuff. For anyone that's looking for that type of um, like fulfilling sort of endeavor to really do some some great work, um, whether to progress tech in their own community or, or anywhere else that they believe um, they can be of service. Um, like, how do you recommend that people? What what parts of the tech industry do you recommend that people get involved in, or do you have any advice on on the type of work maybe they should do, um, just to make sure that it is in fact something um, you know maybe sustainable, but that is making a big impact. Get curious. I believe curiosity is the mother of any initiative in this way. Don't uh, misjudge uh, that you are not tailored for something. Give it a try. Go for it. Experiment. Today you have access to so much information on the internet, so it's not really difficult for you just to get a little bit of knowledge on literally everything that you want. But uh, I will do that, just experiment and see what would be the possibilities for you, what would be things that you could be changing in your life and how tech could be a part of this. For, for me, my, my personal reason for choosing tech as a career is I feel it's a very empowering kind of profession. I love the creativity, I love being able to build something that actually works. And, and for me, this is fascinating, this possibility of being able to do something and from the design, from conception to implementation. So I found a very fulfilling career in, in this. And I believe everybody that is curious about tech just gonna find their spot either if it's audio and video or development or uh, I mean each aspect of technology the ones that are more uh, hands-on in actually hardware and software and putting the the effort here or the the sides of technology that are more focused in creativity and ideation like US and UI and digital marketing so you're gonna that's gonna resonate with you in somehow some way just go there, just give it a try. I know that this might sound cliche, but I would say start with the why. <laughs> um, I come from a product management background, so there is an important way of thinking, which is getting love by the problem, not by the solution. So. If you have a problem that you really care about, that you want to solve, then you go after the technology to make it happen. 
there will definitely be a a, a, a way of maintaining your your stamina because uh, it's a universe technology is a universe uh, and there's so many venues that you can go and you may end up in a rabbit hole if you don't know where you're you're going so start with the why and then look for the technology to facilitate what you want to solve I think that's very practical advice um, yeah, maybe a little bit cliche but certainly I think there's a lot of the things that we take uh, for granted as cliche are normally rooted in some pretty sound logic and I think it makes sense a lot of people nowadays they're thinking oh yeah I'll be a developer um, and they, they kind of lack that a deeper understanding of why and maybe yeah, if you get more uh, if you are if you take the time to explore yourself and what you want out of life could be that you know a developer might not be the only thing you want to be could be any number of career paths so not limiting yourself I think is is always a, a good option uh, or a good way to approach uh, that part of your life for sure careers are stressful so might as well do something you love <laughs> and you can mm-hmm. fail at anything and yep. like Jim Carrey said in like a commencement speech once which was I think very strong and, and definitely resonated with me so you might as well fail trying the thing that has some deep connection to yourself and failing is great, by the way. There is no better way for you to find the things that you're really good at unless you try. So I have failed in some of my endeavors and it was like very good failures, but it never stopped me from being curious and doing the next thing and learning the next next thing. And I believe we define ourselves as lifelong learners and this is like really true because unless we are learning something new, it gives us itches. We have to, we just have to learn something new. <laughs> and it, it's amazing how much technology is making this possible, you know, for anyone that wants to, to progress in life. My next step is UX. Awesome. <laughs> hey, thank you so much you guys uh, I know this is going to be incredibly valuable just as like food for thought right at least for, for anyone that's listening um, wherever they are kind of like in their own journey so uh, thanks again Andre, Patty uh, thank if, you for if, having us really a pleasure uh, and, no, it was uh, a pleasure for us if anyone has any, any questions or input or you want to get in touch with uh, either of these beautiful people um if you just uh, send out a message or, or a DM or anything to Red Academy, Red Dot Academy on Instagram, um, I'm sure we can get you in touch. So, you know, it's a, it's a smaller world than I think anybody realizes. So if you're if you're one of the people listening and these people seem way like like, like if it feels as though it would be impossible to contact these people, I'm sitting in a room with them right now and I know they would love to hear from you. And so. not only here, as soon as I receive a question. Uh, will be prompt in answering it. So send your questions. It's going to be a pleasure. pleasure. Yeah, our pleasure. Awesome. Okay. Say goodbye to the nice people. Bye-bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>